You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. While we are extremely proud of our episodes this month to celebrate pride and highlight our parents in the LGBTQ plus community, we also know that there is a seismic shift in awareness and action taking place with regard to the Black Lives Matter movement here in our country, fighting for social justice in our world. The episode you are about to listen to was recorded prior to the Black Lives Matter protests currently taking place. When you listen, please bear this in mind. We pledge our support to our Black brothers and sisters during this time and always. Please visit our Instagram page for resources to help you raise an anti-racist child. Change, for their future begins now. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. And this week, we have our first pair of dads talking loud, Cheyenne Jackson and Jason Landau. Everybody, welcome to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And today we have a really, really special couple with us. Uh, first of all, we have Cheyenne Jackson, who has made the super successful but often elusive jump from stage to screen, starring on Broadway in All Shook Up, Holla, uh, mm-hmm. Xanadu, Finian's Rainbow, to starring on TV in American Horror Story, 30 Rock, Glee, and American Woman, which I loved, by the way. He may be best known to our listeners, though, whom, most of whom are parents and don't have a lot of time to watch their own TV, as Hades in The Descendants 3. Um, I know a lot of second graders who are jealous of the fact that I know you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, and we also have with us his husband, Jason Landau, who is an actor turned entrepreneur who has his own branding and merchandising company called Slant. They design promotional and retail products for some of the largest movie and television studios in the world, you guys. Warner Brothers, Paramount, Sony, Lionsgate, you name it. As well as top name brands, uh, Mac Cosmetics, SpaceX, Ellen DeGeneres Show. They're fierce. I mean, what else they're do we say? And, they're, and, and their parents. So, and welcome. their parents. Thank you. It's good so, to see you. Kara. Oh my God. It's, it's, this is a major walk down memory lane for me because Jason and I went to college together at NYU. And then Cheyenne and I obviously did All Shook Up which also feels like a million years ago. But yep. we're just so thrilled that you guys are here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so grateful to be here to reconnect with you. And, you know, when that was 20 years ago. And <laughs> reconnect. Like, but who we were, what we all went through, you know, to be with them, to have the kind of love, like when I first connected with you today, like it's so great to have like an immediate love for somebody you haven't seen for so long and to reconnect. So grateful to be here with you. Yeah. It's so great to meet so you funny. and <laughs> us here to share about parenting. <laughs> what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And, and we get to hide from our kids for one hour. Exactly. I know. I'm hiding too. My kids are in my backyard with my husband right now and I'm like in the office yeah. by myself. Eric took Elliot to the park. So let's get it. (laughs) Let's get into it. So the first question we always ask our guests is to tell us about your kids, because we feel like in our industry, it's just not a question we get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a great question. You want to go first? No, you go. Tell us about you. Oh my gosh. I mean, (laughs) 
I'll say, I, I mean, I have wanted to be a dad since as long as I can remember. I, in uh, growing up in Northern Idaho, very poor, um, I, I didn't have a lot, but what I did know what I wanted for my life was to be a dad. And I didn't know how it was going to be. Once I, once I realized I was gay at about 13, I just thought, how is this going to happen? How is this going to be? And I was the only boy babysitter around. Um, I taught Sunday school. And then when I was a teenager, I worked at a health club and I ended up, people thought I was a trainer, but I actually ran the childcare department. So it's just innate in me. And I always saw myself as a dad. And then I got into a long-term relationship and a marriage for 13 years with somebody who didn't want to have kids. So I just kind of had given up on the fact of, uh, you know, the, the dream of being a dad. And then when that ended, when I met Jay and he was open to being a parent, we just fast tracked it. It was just something that it, it just, I don't even remember having like deep, long, serious conversations about it. It was just like, we both knew that it was going to be so, so we did it. And we can talk about the specifics and all that, but what are our kids like? Our kids are our lives. They are mirrors of everything that I wish to be and everything that I can't stand about myself. <laughs> our Willow and Ethan, they're three and a half. They're expressed and emotional and smart and silly and so sensitive and it's just it's it's the hardest thing i've ever done and it's the it's the best thing i've ever done i could i could cry in one second yeah talking about. yeah yeah what else to say they're beautiful they are they are beautiful. those eyes i mean <laughs> they're beautiful they're fun they are challenging yeah they um it's funny i feel like I'm getting some karma payback. <laughs> like I used to get in trouble a lot and I, like I would laugh in class. I'd laugh at, I mean, I probably with Kara, we were in dance class together. I like, I'd like to distract and laugh and like cohort, you know, like that's just like my thing. And Ethan and will, they both do it in their own little way, but it's like, they are us. And it's been a very big surprise because I went into parenting. The moment I met Cheyenne, it was like, and we were together. I actually never really thought of being a parent. And then when we became a couple, it was like, that's all I wanted. I was like, it was clear, like, oh my God, it is. I could, I never even thought of having a family. And then it was all I wanted with Cheyenne and I got together. And then um, having them, I didn't realize the karma <laughs> the karmic aspect like there's such a karmic joke that comes along with yep. specific children you know like they were put here to teach i mean you know and you hear i can hear myself saying what i'm saying and as i'm saying it sounds so cliche like they're here to teach you and it's like but i am learning so much and i'll say this is what I've discovered lately, um, we'll just jump to Cheyenne and I've actually started therapy every other Wednesday and uh, couple therapy, parenting therapy with a, an incredible therapist in Northern California. But I'm like, it doesn't seem like therapy. It seems like class. Like I'm learning, I'm learning how to be a father. I'm not just from them, but like I'm learning how to be a husband and a father. I'm learning how to father while being a husband. And that is critical to what I've learned is, you know, you guys went on Broadway and we all trained ourselves to be, we knew we had to get trained. You know, there was no just being on Broadway and for all those people that just get on Broadway, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> like Cheyenne, like Cheyenne. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we all struggled in the back row of our dance class. And of course, thank you very much. Anyways, but like as a parent, it's like I realized like I got to stay open to learning. I got to stay open to growing. I got to stay open to seeing ways that I get that don't work because 
I've never done this before. <laughs> right. Right. And well, and you said, I mean, Cheyenne, we hear from you how you love kids. You always wanted to be a father. You were around children. And so what, how different those two journeys must be in some ways, because Jason, you're, it's, did you grow up around a lot of kids or, and, and it just wasn't something you wanted or have you been around? I mean, like, you know, my ex relationships were what they were. I just knew, I mean, uh, they're probably not going to hear this podcast, but, um, unless they're crazy and they're still like following you and wanting to know all the things. Well, one and of them, like, <laughs> <but. laughs> oh no, <laughs> but, uh, they, um, I just knew, always knew it wasn't forever in both of those relationships. But with Cheyenne, that was the quite the opposite. It was like, I knew it was forever immediately. So then with that, I thought, I never thought that having a family was a possibility as an actuality, if you will. So then when that became like, no, we could do that. It then it's like became a, and my father was very sick with Alzheimer's when we first started being together. So uh, the death of my father was like a trigger to continue my family and to have his life continue through my children. And, mm-hmm. you know, and what I love seeing with Jason, so Jason had, I am just Marvel at, so what television and pop culture and Disney movies and all of that kind of stuff. That was my whole life. I just, Loved all that stuff. Loved all of the kids. Jason has never seen any Disney movies. All right. No, no but it's, <laughs> what I'm getting to is that it's like, it's like you are seeing things for the first time yeah. with them. Yeah. Like I'll have something on and you're like, is this Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's not bad. What is it's wrong with you? So because of that, he... The, I was watching the Cosby show, okay? <laughs> Which is also, I love the Cosby show. The Same. learning curve for him, like he's really... Like I had a little head start, I guess, in terms of, you know, I'd already... Although you were a teacher, but not a teacher of little, little kids. So um, listen, it's uh, we're learning every single day. And he's he's the best dad. And it's uh, it's just so fucking hard. I mean, I just I, drop those I, off there. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just have to put give my hats off to you because your kids are the same age as my youngest, three and a half. I think yeah. they were born around the same time. I remember messaging on Instagram about it actually with you, Jason. Um, but I cannot imagine two children that age right now. Yeah. I mean, at any age really, but this age that they're at right now, it's a super inquisitive, nonstop motion, nonstop mm-hmm. talking. I don't know about you, but my yeah. son does not stop talking yeah. all day long. Yeah. Um, so just the, that the mere fact that you are existing with two kids that age alone, but the fact that you're doing it so consciously and trying to your conscious parenting consciously, you're making the effort to do the best you possibly can for them, for yourselves, for each other. I mean, that is more parents should be on your lead. It's a I, huge. I appreciate that. You know, my, there's like, con- there's the whole concept of conscious parenting and you like really ask yourself, it sounds so, you know, cliche to say concept, um, uh, conscious parenting, like people don't know what that really means to be conscious, a conscious parent. And I don't, and I don't even know, like I've actually never, I guess to out myself here, I've never studied conscious, what is conscious parenting, right? I've never read a book on conscious parenting. I only know the phrase conscious parenting. So I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, but, but, you know, but how, but how we do it is we believe in the power of words and we believe in creating for the kids anything we want for them. Perfect example. Um, we believe that if you tell your kids, uh, you know, say you're meeting a group of people and uh, one of the kids like kind of hides behind your leg and you say, oh, are you shy? Are you being shy? You say they're shy. Guess what? They're going to be shy. But you say, um, oh, you know, they're in, you're in the park and, oh, yeah, she doesn't like to go up on the slide. She gets scared. You're saying it and it becomes a thing. We, we, we went to Disneyland a while back and um, the kids were, it was a long time ago, actually. They were only, um, oh, yes. Um, yes. And um, 
you know, all of our, our kids are in preschool and a lot of the other moms warned us. They're like, they're too young. They're too young to go to Disneyland. You're not going to be able to go on anything. You're going to be scared of everything. Um, and I said, I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I mean, I think you can create within reason um, anything for them. And I was like, I was determined for them to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. I know it can be kind of scary and it has the two down parts, but I prepped them. I showed them YouTube videos of what it looks like inside. You know, I give them as much information as possible so they know what to do. And wouldn't you know it, we got there. They were two years old and they went on parts of the Caribbean and they were scared and they held us and they were so proud. And we kind of used that as the template for so many things. We just, we, we are creating their lives by the way, words that we use and the actions and the way, the way that we are. So I believe, even though, you know, you've never read a book on conscious parenting, you're doing it because we are conscious of the words we say. We're conscious of the words we say around body image and weight and, you know, all of the things that we put on ourselves about our, we don't, we don't pull up our shirts and say like, Oh, I'm feeling so fat. It's just, that's the F word in our house. It's just, there's certain. Which is hard. It's very hard because, because, you know, my dad always wanted me. My dad was always like, think before you speak, think before you speak. And it's like, I, I never, it like hit me so hard one day where I realized like, I am now not just parenting, but like to really think before you speak is consciousness, you know, to actually pay attention to your thinking is conscious parent consciousness or conscious parenting. You know what I mean? And it takes a muscle. You have to actually know that you have control over like your thoughts, if you will, and that you have to be careful. You have to be mindful uh, you know, from not only the words we speak, but to the foods we eat too. Like, listen, are, do I want my kids to have sugar all the time? No. But like, then you think like, if you take away all the sugar and all the thing and all the gluten, all of this, then it's like, okay, then you're creating a little bit of, at least for us, which is safe for us. <laughs> uh, we don't want to impose, uh, but um, we need to be conscious of, it's like a forbidden fruit. They're right. going to yeah. want it. Right. Of course. You demonize it. They're going to want it more. Right. And I, go, I struggle. Here's where I struggle. I, I struggle at the dinner table for me because it, when they're kid, when they were babies, you know, like the whole thing is like food, eat, if they're full, they sleep. Right. So then you're trying to get a certain amount of ounces in because then they have to sleep. So it's like drilled from the very first day of their life to get the food in so that they sleep. So I'm still... Cheyenne has to, I, I, cause I cook a lot and my, you know, my mom lives with us and I, you know, I, I, I cook a lot. And so I, I'm hustling, hustling, hustling to get it ready. And then I want them to get food in them, but then they're distracted and they're three. I mean, after I'm yeah. trying to look at each other, sometimes we're like, they're just three, you know, but, um, and we're working on slowing me, me, down. slowing J, me down. And just you gotta slow me them, down. <laughs> you know, as we've learned, I mean, the body is an amazing thing. And if they're hungry, they will eat. And if they're sleepy, they'll sleep. And yep. if they're sleepy, it's like, and Jason, you know, it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they'll do that after this fight. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's hard to relinquish that control, though, you know? It is. It is. I think that, you know, that was a struggle for, um, I don't have to name who it was in our family, but that was a struggle for some older people in our family to recognize with Elliot when she was, she's five and a half now, but to recognize that she knows when she's thirsty, she knows when she's done eating and she's satisfied. She knows what she likes and what she doesn't like. They get to this about three and a half is when they really start to be able to consciously, whether they even realize that's what they're doing, but they know. Right. If they're thirsty, they're going to ask for something to drink, some right. water. And if they're, you know, but yeah, and, it, and as a parent, to begin trusting them because you, for the first two years, almost three years, they're just these babies and then toddlers, and like there's no language and there's no communicating really in terms of like, I want what, what they really want. You're guessing. It's a lot of right. obviously, you know. Yeah figuring it out. And now when they say something either happened in their life, whether it's around food or whatever, but to, I sometimes have this moment like, wait a minute, they're, 
they were saying the truth about that moment and they are really hungry or they are really like, Oh, wait a minute. These people, I, I got to, sh- I have to shift now. Right. Cause now they're people. They're really, people, yeah. and right. I'm not just like, it's not me telling you what to do all the time. And yeah. I have to trust that they are saying what they're they saying. Know what they, they, know, they know what they want. Yeah. Right now we're kind of struggling with the idea of resisting or rejecting the idea of, of being their bitches. You know, <laughs> like they, I love to be of service. My love language is acts of service and doing things. So I, I actually really love getting them things, getting them their favorite blankets, getting them uh, crackers, getting whatever it is to a point. And then there comes a place and I make them ask nicely and we are good with manners and all the normal stuff. But we definitely, they both can like feed off of each other and become very like prince and princess, like sitting on the, seating on the couch, like I want blah, blah, blah. And we're both, you know, that's, that's our latest. That was, well, that was our first, foray. yeah, the first therapy session we had, we were really dealing with, I realized that I was being their bitch. I mean, and it was so funny, like yes. they were in, Tell the, the story. they were in the bath and they were in our bath and you can see um, from the bath, our bed. And then we have this other chair in our bedroom. And I was trying usually give them bath while I clean up the kitchen. And I go to Willow in the bath. She's like, no, I don't sit over there. And I'm like, okay. So I go sit on the bed. She's like, no, over there. And I like move. She's like, no, farther. And I can I'm like, still see you. I can still see you. So I'm like, I try after like a minute and a half of me moving. <laughs> Moving, <laughs> you don't want me here. Oh, over here. Oh, over here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like it was like. Well, should I, he's like, do you realize what you are doing? <laughs> like, there was no irony. There, he I was, was literally like, moving oh, to her command. To the left. <laughs> oh, to the left. Can you still see me? Like it wasn't even thinking. I mean, it was <laughs> like uh, you were trying to hit your mark, yeah. right? like yeah, for like a framing or something. Talk about being their bitch. I was and like, I'm done. it's good that you've realized that now because only now about five or five and a half of have Eric and I started to turn to each other and be like, we have to fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, she's an only, and you know we want to just you know give her everything. Yeah. And, 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 and she's a very sweet soul, but there are definitely moments where I'm like, you're sounding a little entitled and a little ungrateful. <laughs> we got to nip this in the bud. Yeah, yeah. So. It's so interesting. My journey with this specific thing, like being your kid's bitch is so different because our older child has special needs. She's mm-hmm. autistic. And so she does need us to do right. a lot of things. Like she can't, she's working on it, but like she can't dress herself. We need to help her do that. Um, you know, all those things. And so I'd been so conditioned to be there to help. But then I had this opposite response to my son where I was like, no, you can do this. You are going to do it. You yeah. have the ability to do it. You're going to do it. Wow. And it yeah. comes sometimes comes back to bite me because I don't, I need to give him the same level of attention that she gets. And I, and I've come to recognize that now, like if he wants help, I'm going to, I'm going to help him because that's really just him wanting attention, you know? Um, But my response was so like, no, you are capable. You have the ability. You're going to do this. (laughs) You know, it's, it's super, it's, it's fascinating to hear, even though with my daughter, I'm like, whatever you need, I'm there, whatever, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. I could only imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting journey. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You you said you were going to go into it, but can we dive into how you went about having? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Evening? Absolutely. Give us the goods. Tell us. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we discussed briefly all of our different options, um, you know, adoption for a hot second, um, for us, we both just had a feeling that, uh, surrogacy was going to be a really good match for our family and for what we wanted. So that's what we set our, our, our sights on. And we, you know, we have a lot of friends in this community in Los Angeles, uh, gay couple friends who have kind of all gone to like the same couple of places. And so we thought, Oh, we'll go to the places and do the thing. And we went to a couple of, um, a couple of businesses, a couple of surrogacy places and it didn't, it wasn't a right fit. It felt, uh, uh, corporate and elitist, elitist and kind of cold. And also to be frank, there weren't a lot of women around. And already, here we are, two gay guys, trying to be very mindful that our kids are not going to have moms. Um, and we just kind of wanted, like, mama energy. We wanted, like, an office run by women. And so we found this. I don't remember how we found that the boutique my, agency. Uh, uh, my friends, Ian and Sam. Oh, yeah. Some other friends, they went to this. Uh, it was a smaller boutique place. And we walked in, and, and it was like, oh, this is these are our people. This is, this is yeah. how it's going to be. So Karen. we wanted uh, to have... Um, an egg donor and also a gestational surrogate. So two separate women working with us. So the, you know, the baby or babies was not the gestational surrogates, you know, biological or biological children. So that is a very specific, expensive, uh, emotional, time consuming journey. Was it, can I, sorry, can I ask you a question? Was it because you, did you already have an egg donor in mind or you specifically wanted to keep it so that the surrogate wasn't sort of emotion as emotionally maybe? I knew knew that we would have to, we would have a relationship with the surrogate because I needed to control her as much as humanly possible. (laughs) 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 I needed to send someone the Excel spreadsheets of what she can and cannot eat. Right. So that was not an option to not know her. Um, But yes, definitely. We would be remiss if we weren't honest about, yeah, yeah, we didn't, we wanted it to be a clean, um, for lack of a better word, you know, transaction or negotiation in terms of that, because it's already so emotional and it's already so elaborate. It's such a miracle to get uh, an egg donor and a, a surrogate to get on the same cycle and then to, I, we just learned so much. I mean, yeah, for the, your, your viewers and listeners probably already know this, but you, I just didn't understand that. Yeah. You're tricking the body into thinking they're pregnant. So it's, it's preparing yeah. and it's, it was a wild thing. So then we began the process of finding um, an egg donor and uh, we went through a few different ones. Well, here's the crazy. Yeah. Here's, here's, a, here's a, the crazy, crazy. So thing. when you, get a donor you have to get genetically tested to see all any recessive gene that you might have and for any kind of for any kind ab- of abnormality, abnormality in any disease or- that you have as a as a recessive gene and Cheyenne had one recessive gene and I had three recessive genes for rare diseases the first girl tested positive for the same recessive gene as Cheyenne one one in in 100,000 people one in 100,000 people have the gene so we were like bummer she was with she was our girl Second girl tested positive for the same recessive gene. And we were like, on the day when they told us, I was like, no, 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 you're looking at the first girl. This second girl. We thought it must be in the wrong file. Yeah, they're like, no, she tested positive too. Third girl, her schedule didn't work. And I was like, oh, no, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about it. And then. Then this. this, Wait, no, then mm -hmm. I didn't. I had gone through this, the database more times than you know. And I was like, she ain't here. She's not in this database. So Cheyenne, one day, I'll say the story correctly because you think I say it wrong. <laughs> uh, Literally, I was sitting in the chair and we were kind of just like... Ugh. We were really upset one like, night. Why do, maybe we should go back to one of those big giant agencies. Maybe there's more 
you know, options to choose from, but I literally Googled egg donation and the, and this thing popped up called eggdonation.com. And, uh, again, it was run by six women here in studio city. So it was like all female. It was like, just felt and their database was, yeah, it, all proven, uh, proven donors who had gotten pregnant before for for families and no, not pregnant, had eggs. It, it, right, right, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Um, and um, and this one girl popped out immediately. Um, the her smile, the first her picture energy. of her, yeah, she she was like leaning out the window, and she has this hair and this be careful face. now, be careful now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, and so we just knew that's that's going to be our girl, and we all and we read her. You know, you read everything you can. You get as much information as you can. Uh, we tried to find video of her talking, just to kind of see what her physicality would be, and that was our girl. Yeah. And then in terms of the surrogate, usually that's the harder part to find because that is the obviously the oven, for lack of a better word. It's the the main mamma jamma and we we were matched up with somebody and it was a fit right away she had done it um twice she she had three children of her own and had been a surrogate once before a year before for for twins yeah wow yeah wait so going in did you guys know you wanted to have twins I did. So, yeah. I wanted twins. I was like, we're having twins. Cause I just always felt, I felt like, okay, we have one. We go through the baby stuff. We got to go back to the beginning. You sound like I my was, husband. He was like, let's just have I'm twins. Like, one and I just done. Felt, and I, was like, I just knew I was like having a three-year-old, then a one-year-old, which is like what I figured. I was like, that's going to be hard to have a toddler all, you know, romping around and then a newborn. And I just, I did not want twins. Right. I, I, I didn't not want twins, but I definitely, you know, starting with two from zero to two, I knew that it was just going to be bonkers. But, you know, what, what you do is once you finally go through the process of all the hormones and all the, how long was the whole process? 11 months, maybe? From beginning to end? 15. 15. Okay. Well, for the whole process, finally, when we did it and we... Oh. we that probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, so what you put in two to get oh, one? Oh, right, yeah. You they, put in they, two. Well, you get as many eggs as you can. So, I'll be honest. We got thirty eggs. Twenty-seven of them were viable. Wow. Uh, Cheyenne got half, and I got half. And then they let them grow for five days, and on day six, they implant them. Um, we picked someone who looked like she could be related to both of us. So, and on the sixth day, we did. Uh, you can pay a little bit more for what they call PGD testing, which tests for all genetic malfunctions. No malfunctions. It's not a car. Um, <laughs> abnormalities, uh, and you can also get the the sex of the kids too but we did it mainly to make sure that they were healthy embryos because we actually turned out we did not we had some that were not i like three that were not healthy um so we went into it that morning with an idea of you know we're going to take the strongest one of his and the strongest one of mine you can see a picture of the blastocyst and you can like i saw this one and he, we saw that one and they were like I, i'm like these kids are alive they're hungry you can see the cells they're like the cells were just hungry i could tell so we put both of them in and the process of doing it is really wild so um our doctor so uh, our our surrogate she was there with her husband and both of us and then in a, in a room she's in the bed with legs up legs up you know <laughs> covered in a blanket the doctor i, I kid you not like had any music on with the legs <laughs> It was weirdly romantic yeah. and and spiritual and beautiful. And here's me and Jason. So then he goes outside, and a nurse brings in um, two syringes, and you know they have to like obviously keep track of what's what. And then there's a monitor there next to our surrogate, and so we can see. 
and he just goes inside and places him. And then two little lights, two little flip, flip, and you can see little lights. Yeah. And it was just, <gasps> yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. And then we were pregnant and we thought that they told us at first it was just one. Well, it was actually, I got into a little bit of a fight with, um, women running our agency because I had just arrived to New York and they test your hormones every other day or like when you're first, but we were first found out we were pregnant. We were like ecstatic. And then, you know, listen, I wanted twins. I wanted, you know, and so they were testing the hormone levels of our surrogate and they're supposed to double every day or every other day they're supposed to double. And they, the numbers were high, but they were not where they would normally be. I guess if you were having twins, so I, Cheyenne was in New York doing something and I flew to New York to see him. I, I'm in the cab and we have a conference call with her and she's like, looks like you're having a singleton. And I was like, first off, when you're calling it a singleton, like that's, it's a person, but okay. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? She's like, you know, you're having one, the numbers, we get the numbers. It looks like you're, you're and I'm like, wait a minute. What, what do you mean? Like, maybe can it be, can the numbers be? lower and still have she's like well yes but probably not so i was like i didn't like so we got into it about it because she was like jason why don't you just be happy that you're pregnant just be happy and i'm like hold up lady hold up okay (laughs) i am i'm not not happy that we're pregnant but i am also dealing with the possibility that we might have lost an embryo i'm dealing with the fact that like what i wanted might not be happening so give me a minute so that was one of our moments that we had um, and I was not happy with the conversation. So I called the fertility clinic myself to have my own conversation with the nurse of which she said, don't worry. She's like, listen, sometimes I've had lower numbers and there's twins and I've had higher numbers and there's a singleton, if you will. So I was like, thank you. So I'm like, we're having twins. Like, I just like, I'm like, they're still there. They were, I remember looking at the picture of the blastocyst. I'm like, they want to be here. These kids are hungry to be here. And I was very glad to be right when I had to tell Karen. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I told you. Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, if you're listening, you were wonderful. And I love you. And <laughs> um, I'd love to tell you about their birth because it was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. So we were, uh, it was in Northern California and um, uh, she carried them almost all the way to term. I mean, really technically to term. 38 and a half weeks. And, um, you know, we were just, we, we got, we went up there, I guess, like, what, two weeks early? When she was in labor? Well, because we were staying at that place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went into early labor and they were kind of trying to stave it off. And so we were, so we were, we were around the area. So we had a little there. mini pre 10 day stay at the Carmel Valley Ranch. It's delicious <laughs> and wonderful. <laughs> a little baby moon, if you will. It was, it actually it was. was. But we were really just preparing ourselves. Yeah. Uh, mentally and emotionally for this and it was you know we had done all the readings and all the books and the and the nursery was ready and our our um my, our sister-in-law jason's jason's brother's wife um had just had a baby and she is inc- incredibly generous and beautiful and always breastfeeds and has a, a, an excess of breast milk. And so she was freezing breast milk for us. We bought a special freezer for them and she froze breast milk for two months for us. And also wow. like wrote little messages on them. Each bag. She I mean, would like was, say, you are strong and beautiful. And oh. yeah, it was amazing. amazing. So we had all the stuff we were getting ourselves ready, but you know, and I thought that, I thought that, I don't know. You hear all these stories about when, when people become parents that you, you just, you know, you just, it's so dramatic and you are you know, crying. And I was very kind of Zen and cool about it. And we, we became time and we were in the hospital and we were all suited up and in our scrubs and stuff. And then we're in that, we're in the room. It had to be a C-section because it was high risk. And, um, I was so calm. And then Willow comes out screaming, and screaming. Just, <laughs> I, remember, I remember seeing her just, I could not believe what I was looking at. I, I mean, her perfect little, but like alien looking face, just perfect little teeny, teeny features. 
And I just remember tears like shooting out of my eyes and just weeping because to love something so completely, so instantly, it was so profound and overwhelming. And then a couple minutes later, Ethan comes out. But Ethan was born um, what they call in call. So he the sack wow. was yeah. the sack. Whoa. So the nurses were gathering around and it's supposedly good luck. And it was so we saw him born before he was even born. He was inside and we saw wow. him so yeah. calm and the doctor just peeled away and then the, the, the amniotic fluid, you know, drained away and then he was there. And then they were there. They put him directly on us, on our chests. Uh, they both tried to breastfeed right off the bat. You're like, oh. <laughs> Good luck um, with that. Yeah. And that was it. We were in the hospital for, I guess, about 48 hours because Ethan had jaundice. Yeah. Um, and then they, you know, we walked out. We had we, we had a baby nurse that was going to help us just get acclimated. And we really wanted to get on a sleep schedule and all that. So she was with us, sat in the back of the car, and we had we each had a baby. And we're like, now yeah. what the fuck do we do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, We've just been figuring it out ever yeah. since. Ever yeah. since. Oh my God, that's so cool that he was born on call. That's like. Yeah. yeah. I had, and the I reason just, why we knew that I was following, I mean, I was as obsessed as I am with food now in terms of like healthy this and that's why I'm crazy and still dealing with it. The but, vaginal flora. Yeah, no, but I had studied like, <laughs> I'm curious. I had been following all the birth. Well, I had helped with my, the birth of my niece. There was a home, we had a home birth. And like, I helped like hold Claudia's legs back. I mean, I, we were, I was in, in it. it. <laughs> I just like very much, I knew like I want, I've learned a lot about birth before the kids. And I knew from a man's, I didn't want to just like leave it up to, I wanted to be very educated about birth. And so, and, and I had already been educated by birth from just watching birth from being at a home birth and knowing like, birth is not always an emergency. It's not. And it's like women have been giving birth to babies in the bush, if you will, for thousands and thousands of years. So I really was committed to with a C-section having the most peaceful birth and knowing that the kids would not be able to go through the vaginal canal. I wanted, and that there's a purpose for that wanted to. So yes, I did know about the vaginal flora yeah. and I did ask my doctor if we could get some of that, please. And wipe it on their mouth, please. <laughs> That's amazing. There was no vaginal flora, but I, you know, whatever, but I, I love that you asked that because I ended up with two emergency C-sections and had like so many issues with them not going through the canal yeah, and all but, this stuff, but yeah. you know, Heart rates kept dropping. They yeah. had to come out. They had to come out to be yeah. healthy. Right. But I, I did research too. And also hats off to you because I'm sure yeah. I, that's the second time I've said that phrase during this episode. <laughs> but I feel like there's so many men out there who are spouses to women who don't learn that much yeah. about birth and what is exactly going to happen. So yeah. how incredible that you took it upon yourself to really educate yourself as Thank to you. what was about to happen. Thank you. I also, when you were telling the story about their conception and then their uh, insertion is not the right word, but um, what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> they were inserted, honey. They were yeah, implantation, maybe? Were they implanted implanted, themselves? Implanted, yes, implanted, yeah. Um, there, it was such an incredible mixture of science and like the magic of life. Yes. You know what you were saying, like you were talking about these blastocysts and your, and, but the way you were describing them with them was in such human terms. But when you like the picture of a blastocyst is so scientific and right. not something you would ever, you know, um, give human characteristic right. to right. And just the talk when you were talking about the Enya music being on, I just feel mm -hmm. like it was a perfect mixture of both, which is, and it was, it and was. it was, it really was all that. And all of it can exist all at the same time. Yes. It has to, you know what yes. I mean? Like science is critical. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We believe science is critical. Um, and without science, we would never have the opportunity to have Ethan and Willow, the way we had Ethan and Willow. So, um, you know, we're very grateful for the, I'm grateful for not only the science, but also like the time that we're in, because I think it was like five to 10 years before that they never allowed embryos to grow more than two days. 
Mm-hmm. So you're they, now that they allow them to grow for five days outside of the human body, allow them to really mature, to really see how strong they really are. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was so determined to, like, I knew that after on the sixth day, the way they looked as a blastocyst, I'm like, no, we're there. They're there. Yeah. They're yeah, there. Those are, those are babies. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm still amazed that you know about the vaginal canal. I mean, I'm just I like, I just, I mean, I, I mean, I studied all about breast milk and the compounds of that. And like, we got the best formula that we could get to supplement. And- well, if we're going to, if we're going to go there, we can talk about vaginas because I have, let's, a, I have a story. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about vaginas. Why don't you tell, tell the story about it? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So oh, I'm, I'm you- out. Go ahead. I think it's funny. I feel like I'm talking too much. It's okay. That's the story of our life. That's guys. true. Um, <laughs> so the kids are born. It was a really hard day. It was a great, incredible day. It was, but it was like, we're in a very small town and it was the most intense day of our life. Anyway, so we hadn't slept that night and the next day, um, our night nurse had come that was going to be with us. And she came and she's like, listen, why don't you guys go back to the hotel, get some rest. I'll take care of the kids, but you guys have not slept in two days. So go. So we're like, oh, you know what? Let's just go. So we she went, stayed with them. In the she hospital. stayed with them in the hospital. So we went back to the hospital and we go home. We take a shower. We're lying in bed. We're in, we're in disbelief. And we're like, you know, like you're in, we were in bliss. Like of just like, can you believe it? We finally could rest. And we're sitting there and he's like, He's holding, Cheyenne's holding me and he's like, honey. And I'm like, yeah, we're like dozing off to bed. He's like, I have a confession. I'm like, no, not, <laughs> this is not what, not the time. What is like, what is he going to confess right now? He's like, well, I, I saw my first vagina today. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, he's like, you know, when I called you over to, show you willow i'm like yeah he's like that was the first time i've ever seen inside of a kind of a bar and i was that it was like guttural laughter but but it was like also like so true like that really was the first time he had ever with the nurse you know listen i'd seen books i i just had i've never i had never been with a woman so i'd never seen that i have always known who i was and what i was interested in and uh yeah when she, when we were she was explaining everything and we were i was she was changing willow i was just fascinated it was like with, a, he had seen a planet yeah it was like <laughs> <laughs> so much to it and so i just wanted to uh to yeah admit so much to it i have to tell y'all there's even more to it well we have throughout this time we have been asking people all different kinds of questions. And the one we thought we wanted to hear from you guys after listening to the beginning of the conversation is um, what have you learned from your kids? Mm. Um, what have I learned? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that I cannot control anything. Mm. And that is very hard for me because I want to control. I mean, and it's like, I don't want, it's like, I hear myself say, I want to control everything, but it's like, I don't want to control everything, but I find myself trying to control. Um, but what I've learned the most is I went into parenting thinking that, um, nurture is more impactful than nature. And I've actually realized like they are who they are by nature more, not to say that nurture doesn't like the environment and our conversations and the environment we break them up to is definitely going to impact them for sure. But who they already are is already in place and there's nothing I can do about it. I cannot change them. Like I can't change, you know, there ain't no change in people as many, as much as I want to change my mom and change Cheyenne half the time. And he wants to change me. It's like, and we have all found that we can't, that's the same goes with my kids is I have, it's really more about allowing it to unfold and allowing them to like get out of their way is really like, I have to get out of my way to let them get to grow and bloom 
into who they already are. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I think. Um, that was great, babe. Thanks, I, man. Thanks. Um, I mean, I've learned so many things. I think it really boils down to that I've, I've truly learned to love. I am somebody who is, um, has struggled, has, I have trouble expressing my emotions, ironically being an actress, but still, <laughs> I, um, it, it, it's intimacy is hard for me. Um, you know, Jason comes from a very kissy, lovey family where everybody's really emotional and, um, and it's not, it, my family wasn't like that. So, um, kids are so unabashedly loving and they tell you exactly what they want and exactly what they need. And I, they have forced me to get intimate when, and, and both of them do this habit. They both turn our faces. If we are, you know, at first it was just like, I want to be heard, but they really would like want to be with you. They, I'm telling you this thing, dad, and are you with me? And it, it forces me to be with them and really to be with myself because I've spent a lot of years trying to run away from emotion and love and intimacy. You can't do that when you have, when you have, when you have kiddos and, and they are so loving and love each other so much and they love us so much. And it's just a big mush fest here. I think that's probably one of the reasons Jason and I started sharing our lives with them, like on social media and, and just, and not uh, keeping it private because it's, there's so much love in this house. It sometimes I feel like it's like, it's like a Tupperware thing. Like you got to like let some of it out or it'll explode. Like I didn't <laughs> let some of the share it because um, it's amazing. And um, yeah, I think that's what I would, I would say I learned the most. I, what you just, I mean, it's palpable what you guys put out in, into the interwebs, the love in your house and your family is palpable. And it has been that way since before you had children too. Um, I mean, personally knowing you guys beforehand, just had seeing you together. I'm so blown away by your connection, your communication, your ease with one another. And it's clearly just making you incredible parents. Um, and I just, I'm, thank you so much for sharing with us and for, you know, sharing your story with our listeners. I I, I want to say this, which I think is very, very critical, which is, you know, when Cheyenne said there's so much love in the house and so much love, right. Um, And there is, there is so much of what he said, but I want your viewer uh, listeners to know that it doesn't come for free. This love is something that ongoingly has to, we have to put in the work to have the experience of love and the experience of love comes as a function of us communicating even when we don't want to and staying in it until it's resolved, staying in it until love gets present again, because saying I love you doesn't create love, but when every resentment and every hidden communication and every, you know, and I, and I've had to learn, like, I like to get it resolved right now. And Cheyenne needs to sometimes step away because I will hunt him down, down to like, <laughs> we're in a fight and he does, he's not ready to talk. I'm like, Oh, you know, we are talking right now. And I will follow him into the closet. And I have followed him into a couple closets before. But I've learned to like, no, he needs his space. He needs to cool down. And he always comes back into being able to finally talk. And that's what he needs. And I've had to learn to let go of what I want when I want it. And and he's learned like we need to stay in those difficult conversations and stay in it until you know when it's resolved. Because And you know when it's resolved. You and know- we're trying to impart that to them too, because now they're at a point where they're fighting. And really, really hurting each other's feelings and really like getting some intense emotions. So when they hurt each other, either verbally or physically, saying I'm sorry is not enough. Right. We need them both to really mean it, really feel it. They have to hug. They have to mean it. And we all have to all collectively agree that like, okay, this is good. We Now we can move on. Last night we had an incident. Willow was ready to let it go. Ethan was laughing about it. And it like kind of belittled her you know, her pain. And so once he got back on board, he had to have a little 
moment to calm his body down, time and time out a little bit, and then come back, then we all knew, okay, now we can move on. So I think that's, uh, I think that's so paramount. And it's easy to just let it go. Like, like let's move on. Like you're, t- we're all tired. We're all just want to watch some TV. We all just want to like, and I'm not saying like every single time it has to be perfectly, you know, handled, but if it's, you know, the big stuff and like the, the bigger moments need to get resolved. Yeah. And, well, and you're giving them the tools to handle that in, the, in their yeah. future relationships. So well, that's the watch them watching our love. Mm-hmm. I watch them love, like they, it, they, I watch them love watching us kiss and hug each other. And, and they, I, I watch them. It's crazy because I come from a family that my parents got divorced when I was one. So I never experienced my parents together. But I can tell that it does provide something that I never experienced as a kid. Watching, I watch them feel secure. I watch them feel happy when Cheyenne and I are physically touching and loving and kissing on each other because they like, I don't know. It just Willow loves, loves when we it. Kiss. She loves pulls it. Our faces together. She'll pull She's it. Like, yeah. Kiss. Or we'll all four <laughs> together. Yeah. We'll all four. We'll do family kiss together, and it's just like it's the best. Wow. Of course, it's uh, cool. yeah. Intimacy. Yeah. Whereas I would rather, you know, that's I'm like, Ugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but they look to you. You're the model. You know, they yeah. model who they are based on what they see. Oh, it's yeah. a scary prospect, but it's such a. I know, right? Beautiful. So true. Yeah. It's so, so true. Such sponges. Yeah. And on the flip side, I'm willing to fight in front of them too, which is something that Cheyenne and I have had to work on because, like, I'm not. I want them to see the real thing. I want them to, like, life is not perfect, you know, like, uh-huh. and yet I have to be careful with that myself. I have to be more mindful. Not that we don't want that. We can do some little arguments here and there, but the bigger fights that we have. We need to, I need to, Shine's very good at it, but I need to practice pausing. Doesn't have to get resolved right now. We'll deal with it later. But also it's important for them to know that it's not all rosy. Rosy. And no, no, there no. are times where you have to, so, you know, yeah. finding that balance and writing the line of, and cause then that gives them the tools as they move through right. life in order right. to sit with yeah, them. I want them to watch it resolve something. I want them to yeah. see the beginning, middle and end of a conversation. And like, I apologize or he apologizes. Guys, this was awesome. I feel uh, like we could keep no. chatting and like, I know. I know there's all kinds of things to just talk about and unpack, but I lo- thank you for sharing the story of, of their birth. And thank you for sharing just your journey with us. I loved hearing it. I mean, as thank someone you. who's just meeting y'all today. I love yeah. It. No, thank you, Jessica and Kara. I mean, just so great to be reconnected and thank you for like having this conversation be a real one yeah thank you you said something at the beginning Kara that this isn't something that people ask us a lot usually it's about what show are we in what's our next thing how are you surviving the pandemic you know like the same like you (laughs) (laughs) nice to it's just nice it's nice to go it, it feels good to remember you know, why we made this decision and, right. and why we are, why we're doing it. Yeah. Because it's exactly. And now we're all about to go do it again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout-outs to Rachel Spencer-Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson-Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward-Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now.
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.